Welcome to Foundation, a podcast about home building from the ground up. Buying a house can feel very overwhelming, and building a house can be even more challenging. But we're here to help. Throughout this series, we'll be interviewing realtors, builders, developers, lenders, and anyone else involved in the home building process. After listening to this series, you should have the right tools and knowledge for the next steps needed to build the home that you've always dreamed of. Today on Foundation, we have with us builder Lance Cox. Lance Cox has been building in the Missoula area for many years. He's familiar with residential, commercial, and even some theme parks. Lance is gonna help us ease our minds today with any questions that we have about home building and anything else that comes along with it. Lance, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, nice to be here. So let's kick it off right away with uh, some basics. so how did you get involved in home building, and is it where you saw yourself when you entered the world of building? Um, so I actually started, my my neighbor Rick was uh, kind of like a second father figure to me, and we shot a lot of archery together, and one day he's like, hey kid, you want to come work? And I was like, well sure, you know, I was in high school, I think I was about 14, and he took me in and we started stripping concrete forms, and it was a lot of work, and I thought, boy, this is not a job I ever want to do. And then fast forward, here I am, a builder developer, you know, 20, 30 years later, whatever it was. Are you, um, are you still pushing wheelbarrows of stone? Uh, you know, I, I don't as much anymore. I, I was out picking up trash and sweeping my job the other day. Um, but uh, you just, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But, uh, you know, I grew up going through different trades. I did foundations and framing and finish work. And so I got to learn a lot of the uh, trades themselves and then eventually – when I went to college and I thought, oh, I want to become a doctor, then I realized how long you're in school. And I went, nope, I learned that they had a construction management degree. And I said, that sounds perfect. You know, I'm going to jump back in. And so um, been in construction ever since. Residential, commercial, theme park, you name it. Where did you uh, go to college for that at? Uh, so I went to uh, BYU-Idaho in Rexburg. Oh, okay. Yeah, right down the road. Um, my dad had relocated, and so it was... It was a couple hours away, and um, they had a really good program there for construction management. And it was just one of those things. I, I went and met the teachers, walked through the program, and I was like, wow, this is this is going to be way more fun than learning about biology for four more years. So And having to pay off student loans for another 40 years <laughs> <Yeah>. after. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Yeah, exactly. So how did you get involved uh, with the ranch club here in Missoula? Um, so when I, when I moved back up here, um, I bought a, a lot at the ranch club. And oh, cool. Uh, I, I liked the area, and I thought, oh, it'd be nice to live here, you know, on the golf course, nice views. And um, so I started meeting a lot of the people that live there, and then I started meeting the guys that own the dirt and some of those sort of things and just kind of worked into, you know, an opportunity to start building out there. And, you know, I said, yeah, let's do it. That's super convenient. Um, do you live there now? Nope. No. I still haven't built my house. Oh, it's, really? It's kind of a long, funny story, but... Uh, I bought the only lot that the uh, ranch club really wants to have back. Oh. You know, they, they, they'd like it as a parking lot. So we're, we're trying to figure out how it can become a parking lot. And, you know, and you've got zoning. You've got all these sort of things that uh, a lot of times buyers aren't aware of when they're going in. And, um, you know, so some hurdles to jump. But eventually I'll be building on some lot out there. Yeah, that was one thing that we talked about with Barb Christian was – uh, about how long the process sometimes takes from when you first buy that lot mm-hmm. until when you buy and everything that can go wrong or right in between. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I've purchased a home before, um, an older home, but I've never built from the ground up. Um, what's the first thing that I should do when I when I'm considering building my own home? Um, I think it's probably uh, trying to trying to figure out the the balance point between what you need in a house, what you want in a house, and what you can afford. You know, those those three. If you wanted to draw a triangle, try to find an intersection of those, um, because we can all come up with a house that we want that has a bowling alley that we can't afford, um, you know, and so, you know, or maybe bowling alley is not your thing, but, but knowing, uh, what you're looking for and, and how you're, how you live in your house. And that's the other thing too, because that's really going to determine what it is you actually build because a single level house versus a two story house versus a house that's two stories up versus a house that has a basement. I mean, they all live so differently, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the maintenance is different and the heating is different. And so if you have I- any sort of that knowledge that you have before you go in, is just going to help the entire building process. Yeah. I was, um, on Zillow and I saw a three story home, um, all ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now live in a one story house. Yeah. And I was looking at that three-story house, and I was like, I do not want to have to go up two stairs, flights of stairs every time I forget my keys yeah. or, you know, I forget a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm just like, if I built my own house, probably going to be one level, basement maybe, nice cool basement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm all about the cool basements. Yeah. I, I don't. I would prefer never to have a house that goes up in the future anymore because, you know, unless you're going to spend a lot of money to – to get your, uh, you know, HVAC system to where it has multiple zones and it's keeping you comfortable. It's hard to make your bedroom cold because they say you need to have a cold bedroom, right? And then not have all that air leak downstairs and turn mm-hmm. your downstairs into a meat locker. So, yeah, after after a few homes, you kind of generally get an idea of, I like this and I don't want to have that again. <laughs> so how does someone go about finding a you or a builder uh, once they have an idea of what they want built? Uh, I, I would say, you know, some people might start word of mouth. I'm sure that's a pretty popular way, mm-hmm. you know, find out who your friends and family used and how they how that building process went. Um, you know, you can't just rely on Google because <clears throat> Google reviews aren't necessarily going to tell you who has a good product or who has good customer service. Um but I think also if you're if you're going around town and you're finding houses that that when you look at them you think oh this is a house that I'd like to live in man work backwards find out who the builder was um, although you know any of the good builders in town can definitely build the same house you know they're gonna have the same level of competency it's just a matter of you know finding one that you work well with and um, you know and if that starts with just calling and interviewing guys and that's what you got to do do you ever uh have a close relationship like with the person that wants the home built or is it kind of more of a hands-off relationship with them once you get the, the blueprints and uh, once you know what you want to build? Um, no, I, I think you know, personally I, I'm very close to my buyers. Um, not only because you, I mean, I, I want that process to go really smooth. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's for most people, it's probably the biggest purchase they'll ever make. Absolutely. Maybe they'll make that purchase a few times. Uh, and it's been interesting. I mean, I've had buyers that they could come in and in an hour or less than an hour, we pick out everything for their house and they could literally walk out the door and I could never see them again until they get the keys. Wow. And then I have other people that want to be 
there for the whole process. They want to they want to ask questions like, hey, what's this pipe in the wall? Or what is that? And and I love those questions, you know, and a lot of people think they feel nervous, like, oh, I don't know if I can ask that question. But it's like, no, a- ask away. I mean, I didn't know that question at some point. So don't feel bad that you don't know the question. I mean, I don't know how to, you know, do surgery. So, you know, ask away. But, um, you know, my I've been able to, um, you know, develop pretty good relationships with uh, homeowners. And, and the cool thing is, you know, now I, you know, they'll text me and say, hey, I'm having a barbecue or doing an event or having New Year's Eve. And so um, I know that's outside of the home building process, but, uh, you know, everything's relationship driven nowadays. And 100%. That's, that's where you want to focus. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, I try to keep homeowners as involved as they'd like to be in the process. And if someone's trying to keep you away, that's probably a red flag at some point, hmm. you know, um, and uh, and there are a, a lot of decisions that have to be made. So, um, you know, having that open communication and like I always get my my owners t- uh, cell phone numbers and emails and, you know, it's always just constant communication to try to keep them. This is what what's going on. Make sure that they're happy, because if they're not happy with their biggest purchase in their life, then I didn't really do my job. What are some of the bigger snags that you run into when you're building a home based on someone else's plans? Um, well, you know, I've, I've had instances where people have found like a plan online. They're like, oh, I love this. And sometimes the the numbers, the dimensions aren't actually real because and, and it's understandable. They don't want you to just sneak their plans away. <laughs> um, but uh, But there's a lot of times where You'll build something, and because you haven't built it before, you you realize, oh, you know, it'd be nice if it was tweaked a little bit. And and you think about it like I've built the same house several times, or a lot of the same houses several times, and we'll tweak them over and over because we'll get the feedback from people of, oh man, if this door was over here, this was this was different. So 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 you do get that a little bit, um, but uh, you know, there's there's always going to be a few surprises if if you're uh, just trying to, you know, sneak someone else's design and may not exactly be what you you want, you know. So there's a lot of beautiful homes at the Ranch Club. Um, can I design a home based off of an existing home? And how do I go about that? If I, like, drive and I'm like, oh, I love that house. Yeah. Lance Cox built that. How, how do I get him to build that one for me? Yeah, well, if you went through, uh, it's, it's, kind of, um, it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out which builder built which house you know the some homeowners might know that some people might have come in after the fact but if you can find out who built it that's that's great but at the same time you know if you if you find a builder that you work well with and you've got a good relationship with uh you know if you take them out there and you're like i I love these front columns and i love the roof line of this house i mean you can you can let them know the different things that you like um you know and start that design process uh you know that's I mean, really, that's what probably everybody does. You know, I mean, imitation is the best form of flattery. And, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, I look for inspiration all over the place, whether it's in real life or on Pinterest or whatever the case is. And I know everyone else does because you want to build, you know, you want to just continually be building something that's that's uh, popular and trendy, but also that just looks great and functions well. Yeah. I have an obsession with uh, container homes. Oh, okay. So they're all over my Instagram yeah. and I'm like, if I ever build my house, there's going to be at least three containers on that property. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so 
I found a lot I want to buy on at the Ranch Club. What are the next steps in working with a, an architect or a builder? Um, so you kind of uh, if if you're if you're I'd say if you're starting at the Ranch Club, uh, you kind of have one of two very different ways. If you go the architect route and just say, "Hey, Mr. Architect, let's design a house," um, you know, you'll end up with a house that could look like anything, and they'll try to do whatever you're looking for. Um, but it might be the wrong size for you or Mm -hmm. it, you know, because the, you know, a lot of architects, they try to keep their pulse on, uh, you know, what prices are, but, uh, you know, they could price you out with some of the details or some of the, how they do that. I think sometimes it's better to start with a builder and just say, Hey, you know, this is what my budget is and this is what my lot cost is. Um, and I like that house. What can I build? And, and, and also a lot of builders are going to have relationships with architects and they're going to know, like, you know, if my client's looking for this, I need to go to this architect versus a different architect. Um, you know, because <clears throat> a lot of times here in town, I've worked with different architects and they're, if you looked at their body of work overall, you'll see some similarities and you might say, you know, this guy is just more fit for this particular client. Uh, but you're also going to get very different timelines and that's something that as a homeowner, that's going to be tough. You know, if Mm -hmm. you don't know, and you're just going to go knock on a couple architect doors and say, you know, give me a price to build a house or give me a price to draw a house. Um, it's, it's hard to gauge. So I think it's, you know, it's probably best if you can narrow down a, a builder or two, interview them and then, um, you know, talk about what you're looking for and find the architect that works for both of you. So do you need to have an architect? Uh, well, you do. You don't necessarily have to have one before you come in. Yeah. Um, you know, the builder might refer you to one. Um, technically, you don't have to have an architect in Missoula. You could have a drafter and a structural engineer. Oh, okay. Um, they, can, they can add up to meet the requirements for the city. Um, but, you know, you're going to need somebody that has those drafting abilities at the minimum. Um, so... But you don't have to know one personally offhand. So, and you don't have to take a wild stab in the dark and hope you got a good one either. Cool. So I, I can't just be like, hey, Lance, can you build me a house? Not like we used to. You huh. know, you, you used to be able to uh, just sketch something out on a napkin and say, this is what I want to do. And you could still do that for maybe your playhouse or something, but um, not anymore. Interesting. Uh, so, are there financial resources for those who want to? build a home instead of buy a home like grants or any other special offers or is it pretty like it's a level playing field uh well it it, it kind of depends on what you're buying i mean if you're buying at the ranch club there's not really going to be any grants or or option opportunities like that um you know there could be first-time home buyer or or um you know veteran loans you know i mean those are those are not going to be grants but they're going to be you know less great expensive yeah. money or, or resources and um, you know, and, and that's applicable to any buyer. You know, if you're, if you haven't bought a house in three years, you're technically a first time home buyer, even if you're a really a 10th time home buyer. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm not a veteran, but I know the VA loans are, are great. I've worked with several people that have, uh, built that way. Wow. So, so there are loan programs. I mean, there's also rural, rural, I can never say the word, you know, <laughs> but, um, but if you get outside of the city, sometimes you can find uh, some sort of rural, rural assistant loans and, um, they can help you 
with down payments and different things like that. So, have you ever built in, outside of city of Missoula, like uh, more rural land? Yeah, built in the county of uh, you know a few times, and um, you know, and and I built in other cities, you know, when I wasn't living in Montana. But um, you know, the, the county is. Uh, it is very different to build in, especially if you get outside of, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, areas in the city that, uh, extend, or I should say areas in the County where the city's utilities extend like water and sewer, but you get far enough out, there's no water and sewer. Now you're on a septic and on, and on a well, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just very different. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're, you, you're paying a lot more upfront for that. Versus if you're just connecting to a, a sewer or the water system, you're paying over time. Um, so, but they're, you know, from a planning standpoint and a construction timeline standpoint, they're going to be different, you know, yeah. and a construction cost loading, they're going to be different too. Do you ever bear the brunt of responsibility for laying septic or do you kind of leave that up to the developer? Um, or like, you know, making sure there's electric lines that get there or like. Yeah. So, so. We, I guess, uh, I'm not exactly sure what your question is, but you know, in, in town, if you find a lot, you're going to be able to, you know, determine, uh, where the utilities are in relation to that lot. And so there's times like, like, let's say you want to move down target range. That's an area where there's some random sewer lines and some random water lines, and then they stop. And if you're a mile past and you say, I want to build a house on here and you don't want to, you don't want a well, or you don't want a sewer. Well, it's not going to be cost effective to bring that sewer and water main down the road, yeah. you know. Uh, but if you're, you know, in instances where I've developed, uh, you know, flat land, uh, you know, in those situations, you're buying 20 acres or 40 acres or five acres knowing I'm going to have to bring the utilities in. And that's something that we do. And, you know, and we hire the subcontractors to, to get that work done. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So that is like within the wheel, your guys' wheelhouse. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's a favorite success story that you have um, in building a home, uh, whether that be at the ranch club or just in general even? Um, oh, favorite success story. I, honestly, um, you know, when I, when I get through a build and the, the homeowners are happy because they've got to build what they, what they want, what meets their needs, they got in at the price they want, and they're happy with, their, with the process, um, you know, I mean, that's very re- rewarding, and I, and I think – all of those are, are rewarding, but sometimes I'll have people that, you know, they're so appreciative at the end of the build that it really makes it worth repeating, you know, uh, just like if you went to your day job and you just were like, Oh, this is not what I want to do every day. Well, eventually you'd stop. And, you know, like recently I had some homeowners that told me, you know, how happy where they were, how great it was to work with me. Uh, but they, but they said, they're like, this is the nicest home that we've ever lived in. And, um, you know, they're just slowly graduating up to nicer home, nicer home, nicer home. And, um, you know, they were just so happy and, um, you know, and there's always, there's always issues with, with a build, you know, whether things come late. I mean, you get all sorts of crazy stuff, uh, like even coronavirus, you know, I mean, that was, that was, that affected suppliers that affected, um, subcontractors. I had guys that were just not comfortable being there when other mm-hmm. subs were present and, the list goes on and on. And so, you know, you got to work through so many different things, but when you're able to still at the end of the day, um, get to see how happy those homeowners are, it's, uh, it's just, 
I, I don't know. It's, it's rewarding. It's hard to say. But the most recent one is probably off the top of my head is, you know, these people telling me how, you know, this is the nicest place they've been in and just, I'm just how happy they were and how, you know, uh, great the process went. That's awesome. Uh, so one last question yet. What's one co- that we've been asking all of our interviews? Mm-hmm. Um, what's one common mistake that you see when someone goes about building a house from the ground up? Well, is that building with a builder or building as their own builder? Because I building would definitely with a builder. Building with a builder. Um, well, I would say probably uh, not expressing your wants and also your the importance of things well enough because you think about like when you go to build a home and I don't remember what the number is but I heard it like 20 years ago that there were like 37,000 parts to a house or 57,000 or whatever the number is but you think about there's so many pieces and parts and there's so many um you know opportunities for things to go wrong whether it's in the assembly or the uh, the timing, you know, maybe maybe somewhere in China they just say, hey, this factory got shut down for who knows what reason, and now we can't get this part, and now you've got to completely change what you're doing. Um, and if that particular thing was for you as the homeowner, if that was like, oh, man, I only bought this house because I wanted that view of that window, or I wanted that faucet that I could touch with my arm and turn it on rather than having to open the lever. I mean, whatever it is, you You've got to let the builder know what it is that's most important to you um, so that he can make sure that he's, you know, meeting those needs. And, um, you know, and it's and it's sometimes hard. Like I've like yesterday, I was out with some prospective buyers and we were looking at tile and it was really hard for them to, uh, you know, look at all these many selections and try to like narrow it down. And I was just like, well, the, the most helpful I can be is if you don't if you don't love it, let's not even consider it. You know, they'd look at something like, well, I kind of like that. That just doesn't even get a register because we're just going to be, you're just going to spend so much time trying to make decisions. And there's so many decisions. And so, so if you know, if there's something that you know, and that you're really particular about, you know, make sure that everyone that's involved knows, you know, if you've got a realtor involved, make sure they know if it's just you and the builder, just make sure how much he knows, you know, and, uh, and anything you have that can help, pictures, I, mean, I have people come to me and they'll look at pictures of things I've done. They're like, oh, I want this, 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 that, that. And then they'll find stuff on Pinterest. I have guys that'll, you know, they'll text me like, oh, I just found this, can I do that? And sometimes it's like, well, okay, we can do anything, but, but cost effectively, we can't do that. Or sometimes it's just too late in the game. And I think that's the other thing too, is um, sometimes homeowners don't realize like, oh man, I, I if I wanted to, if I wanted to make this, you know, tub and shower look this way, well, I needed to tell the builder a few weeks ago, and now it's going to cost me more money to come back and redo that. Right. And so I would say, you know, always voice your wants, always, uh, you know, put it out there. Don't let anything just, you know, get kicked back. Document everything as much as you can. Um, I always try to, whenever I meet with homeowners and we make selections, even if it's just a stupid thing like, you know, we're going to put this type of texture on the wall and we're going to put these colors here. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I would never want a homeowner to come back and be like, Oh, you painted the wrong color. So I'll always follow up with an email or some sort of documentation that shows this is what we talked about. And, and not only do they get to confirm that because 
for a lot of times you meet with a homeowner and it's like we could go through 20 or 30 different selections in a day and so if you show back up two weeks later and you're thinking it's going to look like one thing and then you show up and it looks like something else that might be devastating especially if that's your thing for that house you know and so if 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 you and I sat down, we picked out all the floors, your ceilings, everything else, and you showed up and I was framing the houses rather than building out of containers because I forgot that you were about containers. Well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go over very well, you know? And so, uh, you know, I mean, I know open communication is what's important with every job, but, um, but it's, it's overly important when it comes to home building and, you know, because that's something that you're going to be waking up every day and you're going to be sitting on that toilet, staring at your walls. Yeah. And if it's wrong, you're going to be reminded every day, you know? And, uh, so I think, I think that, and, and maybe just always look for extra input, you know, don't, don't rely on the input from your, just your builder. You know, if you want to work with a designer or something, I mean, try to make that, that space, you know, the perfect space for you. And it's always going to be different for every person, but if you're not sure what it is, then get out and, Go to Pray to Homes, look at things online, do virtual tours, you know, I mean, put in as much time as you can to make sure you end up with the right thing for you. That's really good to know because sometimes when, like, it can be a little scary telling your builder what you want, you know, mm -hmm. and being able to have an open channel of communication, you know, for our listeners, that has to be a relief. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. So I... I was out at the ranch club uh, this last weekend and a person came through and told me how, you know, they recently built a house and their builder, like, you know, they build things the way that they build things. And it was like, okay, so you didn't get all the selections that you wanted. They're like, well, not really because this is how he does things and this is what he builds. And it's like, well, you know, as a builder, you kind of have to be a chameleon. If someone wants an ultra modern house, that's what you got to do. 